Samadhi is the firmly concentrated mind, or is called Sama Samadhi, which has sila, morality, virtue as the foundation. So the sila that is trained in well has a good benefit that it makes the mind well concentrated. The mind that is well concentrated, the samadhi that is trained in well, leads to wisdom. The wisdom that is well trained in leads to vijja, insight, leads to vimuti, liberation. It reduces future lives and existences. It destroys kama tanha, craving for sensuality, bhava tanha, craving for becoming, and avijja, ignorance. Ignorance means darkness or not knowing. If we have good eyes and there is light, then we look at it and we can recognize it. If there is no light, or for someone whose eye organ is not functioning, then it's all dark. They can't recognize it and can't see anything. It's called darkness. This is the exterior darkness. For ignorance, it is the darkness inside. The samadhi that progresses to wisdom can cut that off. So it has a great resulting benefit that it can let go of lives and existences, giving up tanha, craving, which leads to nibbana. It pulls out the intoxication. It pulls out lives and existences, which is the greed, anger, delusion, that is the cause of all the suffering that arises. So those who see the danger in the cycle of sangsara, that is of birth, aging, sickness and death, they come to train. Or one who is building barami, spiritual perfections, needs to build samadhi as well. They need to have dana, generosity, have sila, have samadhi and wisdom in order to make their merit and barami increase. Then having more merit and barami, one can help others even more. Here the Sama Sambuddha, the perfectly self-awakened Buddha, was a great bodhisattva who sacrificed himself for the benefit of others. And before the Buddha would pass away into Parinibbana, he was still greatly concerned with his metta, goodwill and compassion, teaching that bhikkhus accomplish the goal through heedfulness. On the eighth lunar day on Atami Puja was a day of offering the cremation fire to the body of the Sama Sambuddha. The king of Kushinara came to the cremation ceremony together with all his people, and there were all the great venerable elders in the ceremony. There was Venerable Ananda and the Venerable Elder Anuruddha. Here, Venerable Mahakasapa, who was the head of the ceremony, had to quickly travel there, as when they were going to offer the cremation fire to the Buddha, the information had not yet reached Venerable Mahakasapa. But they couldn't start the cremation ceremony, as however they tried to light the fire, it wouldn't start. 
until the Venerable Mahakasapa came and asked for forgiveness from the Samasambuddha, and then the fire lit by itself. On the day of Atami Puja, there was also the sharing of the Buddha's relics to the various cities. Even though the Buddha passed away in this small city, he said it was in the past a city of a great wheel-turning monarch and very prosperous, but now it had declined. Venerable Ananda was worried why the Buddha came to pass away in this small town. It was because if it was a big city, then there would be wars and killing, as that city would not give in to the other cities. They would attach and take the Buddha relics for themselves, which would cause a problem. So the Buddha had wisdom and self-sacrifice, and even though he was sick, with blood in his stool, he still walked and travelled all the way. If it was us, we would have died already. We wouldn't be able to endure it to this level. But the Buddha had great strength. His life had to end with the attainment of Parinibbana. It was a complete, final Nibbana. The Buddha wouldn't have any more birth again. He had destroyed craving, attained dispassion, had cut off all sorrows, cut off all attachments and clinging. So we train our own minds. We come to develop our own minds. In sitting meditation, we have many obstacles. In our daily life, for us to continually recite internally the meditation word Bhutto all day, we won't be able to do it if we have work. So we try to do what we can, the most we can. We don't let it go too much, but we aren't overly strict about it. We try to be sense-restrained. We aren't excessively delighting and merry. We have the strength of samadhi. We sit in meditation in the morning and evening, and the mind can be peaceful. The body is light, the mind is light. It is ready to be used for work. Then we use contemplation into this heap of elements, this heap of aggregates, that this body is not beautiful or attractive. For this body, we can take a piece of clothing with fine texture and a very expensive cost. Or those various accessories that the rich have a lot of to adorn the body. That is seen from the outside. But we see that when these things contact this body, then that thing also becomes not beautiful. It also becomes dirty. If we put a beautiful piece of clothing or a beautiful robe in a cupboard and store it there for one month, it can stay there fine. But when it comes and contacts this body, then it becomes loathsome together with the body in just one day. The body has sweat and bodily fluids flowing out to the clothing. And especially in the hot season, there's a lot of sweat. The clothing becomes moist with sweat and bodily fluids, and if we leave it, it will become mold. 
these are the things that secrete out from the body. If we put clean water in our mouths, it loses its value. Delicious food that is very expensive, put on a golden plate, but when it enters our body, it also loses all its value. They wanted us to contemplate into the not beautiful aspect of the body like this. If we have one tank of drinking water and we put just one head hair in there, it instantly becomes dirty water. But the delusion sees the body as clean. And so we walk the path of sila, samadhi and panya, morality, concentration and wisdom, to have insight arise, to have purity and freedom from suffering arise by seeing the body as not beautiful. And the more one contemplates the body as not beautiful, then the mind will be brighter and more beautiful and samadhi will arise. But we don't have to worry if we aren't yet able to contemplate the body in this way. We can contemplate the body as a heap of elements or as a heap of impermanence, unsatisfactoriness and not-self. But one day the mind may feel that we are able to contemplate the body now and we contemplate it as not being beautiful. Following like the preceptor teaches the new monks coming to ordain to contemplate Kesa Loma Naka Tanta Tacho Tacho Tanta Naka Loma Kesa Head hair, body hair, nails, teeth, skin to contemplate them as not being beautiful. And we see the not beautiful more clearly. Samadhi arises, and we do this every day. And if we don't yet see a nimitta, a clear mental image, what do we do? We can sit meditation, and we recollect the virtues of the Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha, and spread metta to all living beings to not harm each other at all. And we can chant Yan Duni Mitang so that we may have good dreams and not have any bad dreams at all. May all the bad things disappear. We chant first before we sleep. And whoever does anything bad to us, we forgive them. We contemplate our body as being not me, not mine so that we won't attach to the rupa, the body, in the present, the body in the past, or the body in the future, that is arising and ceasing. In the present moment, it arises and ceases in the present. In the past and future, it arises and ceases in the past and in the future. We continue on our contemplation. For now, we are still at the level where we use the sankara, our thoughts, to instruct the mind for samadhi to arise. We can call it the wisdom that instructs the mind to gain samadhi. And we contemplate the body. We don't know when we'll die. We don't know what day we will die, what time we will die. Or what place? When we die, where will we go after? 
we don't know at all. This world is dark, and those who know clearly are just a few, which is those that see impermanence, unsatisfactoriness and not-self. Here, after death, suppose we die and they throw away the body. Will it have any value? At the time when Venerable Ajahn Chah was going to England, there was a doctor named Utai who invited him to see a place for contemplation. It was a place where they preserved dead bodies. There were hundreds of them, in cement tanks, kept at the hospital. Oh, the bodies were left in all sorts of postures. There were forty or fifty bodies lying in there, preserved there first. They were to be used for learning purposes for doctors. The bodies were in all various postures and packed and stuffed in there. Then on the floor there were the bodies whose pelvises were arranged and lined up, looking like that of frogs. He saw it and thought, Oh, people's lives. We attach and cling way, way too much. One dies, and they preserve the bodies like this, and it has lost all its value. And they operate on the bodies and observe them, line them up in a row. One feels weary and repulsed. We contemplate so that the feeling of weariness and repulsion in the heart arises. Or dying and throwing the corpse in a charnel ground, and it becomes bruised, bloated, oozing. It decomposes. So before we would take the edible, large and small animals and put spices on them and eat them. But now, when it's time... Nature takes some of it back. It's cyclical nature. We become their food. They cremate the body, and the legs and arms break off, and the dogs come and take it as their food. It's been grilled or roasted, like we used to eat meat. It's the same. The small animals eat it as its food, constantly nibbling at it. And many days after the corpse is left there, it decomposes, bloats, oozes. So this is why we need to bury the body. If we leave the body out, then the animals will bite and eat them, scattering the tendons and bones apart. Or sometimes there is a monk who passes away, and they donate their body for developing others' meditation. The robe is torn, the fingers gradually fall off. One contemplates into this, and there is weariness and repulsion in the heart, that it is not beautiful. We have to die like this. The mind is at ease, it's at ease. Like the great teacher, Venerable Ajahn Chah taught, Kesa Loma Naka Danta Tacho. Go and use it as a meditation mantra. Then the heart will be at peace and be still. The heart will be at ease. This is a kamatana, a meditation object. Once one has trained one's mind well, then wisdom comes up as the good result. 
the wisdom that has trained the mind well, it can give the results of insight and freedom from suffering. Here we need to build and accumulate our barami. We may not see it as a clear mental image, but we don't need to worry. We can contemplate it as a mental perception or from our memory. We can develop recollection of the Buddha, recollection of the Dhamma, recollection on death, recollection of the body. We practice it like this. We recollect it so that the mind is peaceful and is at ease. It's joyous and full of heart. We keep continuing to practice it. And one day, when the mind gathers together, we see the state of liberation. Can we see? There isn't anything. There is no me, no them. It all arises and ceases. Everything is emptiness. The Dhamma is seen. And it's not beyond our ability. Even though the Sama Sambuddha has passed away into Parinibbana for 2,566 years already. But if we see the Dhamma, we see the Buddha in our heart. May we practice following like this, and in no long time we will attain to the paths and fruits of Nibbana. If we are building Barami, then our Barami will be more vast. We have metta and compassion. We do dana and keep sila. We develop samadhi regularly. We give benefits to others. We help society. We praise those who have attained success. And those who don't have, we help them to improve, overcome, and we assist them from our metta and compassion. May you all set your hearts on this. May you grow in blessings.